on this episode of Resi Week, slowing remodeling numbers, indoor air quality, and AMC dumps NBC Universal. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 222. Gotta offer more. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Middle Atlantic. What great systems are built on. Hey, welcome to Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matthew Scott from avnation.tv. And this week, we are pleased to be joined by the one and only Jeremy Glowacki. He is the executive editor of Residential Tech Today. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Matt. Thank you for having me once again. It's great to be here. Thank you for being here. Then we have Ken Eagle. He is the Senior Global Director of Training for Atlona. How are you, sir? Matt, I am awesome. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And then last but certainly not least, we have my good friend, Henry Clifford. He is the President and Co-Founder of Livewire and Parasol. How are you, sir? Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you, gentlemen, so much for being here. Let's uh, let's kick a couple things off today. First of all, it is May 4th. So, of course, May the 4th, the force, the yes, insert your Star Wars joke here. Uh, may that be with you all day long as Ken is showing the awesome uh, T-shirt in honor of the day. We also want to drop a quick shout out to Josh AI. They announced an $11 million of Series A funding. Uh, this round uh, that will help them continue to advance and do some great things in the industry. But let's get into our first story of the day. This comes to us from CE Pro. How will coronavirus affect remodeling in your local market? This is a uh, an article by Jason Knott that includes a interactive map from the Harvard Joint Center for Housing Studies. And it shows that uh, remodeling is going to shrink in 24 major metro markets, but also grow in 15 other metro markets. So I, I kind of want to start off with Jeremy on this one. Is this just about the ebbs and flows of the the remodeling side of of residential construction, obviously, uh, we 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 put a lot of emphasis on new builds and new starts, and how that affects our our aspect of that channel. Does this does this reflect uh, major information, or is this just kind of anecdotal uh, as as far as value for your your local HTP as they're as they're forecasting things? Can you can you use this in your forecasting model? I think it's really too hard to predict what we're going to see as we get out of this. And different markets are going to have different levels of um, restrictions still. And, you know, and we've talked about it over and over again. And it's, you know, going to be a very cautious time for about a year after this, I think. Um, we we will have a lot of pent-up demand. I think we, we keep talking about that a lot in our industry. There are folks who have maybe held off, you know, they're going to want to do improvements on their homes. Um, and that's not just tech, but it's obviously improvements to the infrastructure and remodeling like this article is talking about. Um, 
new home construction in certain communities, like particularly in New York, you know, everything was put on hold. There was no construction whatsoever. It's still on hold because of the safety on job sites where there just isn't enough sanitary conditions to, to make it safe for, for the construction guys. But um, other communities, um, there, is, there have been a lot fewer restrictions. Um, it's kind of status quo. And then it's a matter of, in this particular case, rather than new construction, when you're talking about people in your home, it's about comfort level. And, um, you know, I, I was going to make a service change to my internet, internet and my wife said, let's kind of wait on that because I really don't feel like having a stranger in our home, even if they're doing all the protocols. We're not even letting our friends in our home right now. Um, so I think that that is probably the case for a lot of folks. When you're talking about having remodeling done, you may be thinking of all these great ideas while you're sitting at home with these four walls, you know, um, things you want to do to improve. So I think that is people are just waiting for that time when they're able to do that. I think the prediction that this is going to be an increase is probably a good prediction. Um, it's just a matter of when that is going to actually take place. When are people going to really feel comfortable um, and secure that, you know, the money is going to still be there and that they're going to feel safe from the virus. Very good. Ken, when you look at this, it's very interesting to actually uh, not only read the article, but go to uh, the Harvard University site on this where you can, where you can play with that graph and, and look at a couple of things. But if you're in one of these markets where they're, where they're reporting on this, is this something that you can actually use as you forecast, use as you, as you plan going forward? Or is this a, such a, a broad stroke that it, it's, I don't want to say it's not applicable, but it's very hard to apply it to our typical customers. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of think, you know, you, you use the right word. I think it's a bit of a broad stroke. There's no doubt when you look at that map, certain metro areas are definitely feeling the more of a pinch than others are. They're hit in different ways for sure. Um, but, you know, I just had a, we had a sales meeting with, with my team this morning. And when you look a, across the country at what's going on, it's such a mix from dealer to dealer between we've laid off people and we're just trying to figure out if we're going to stay in business to uh, we're making money and we're doing well. Our, our, we have jobs in the pipeline and they're still going. So um, I think it's important to watch this trend. It's an important map to see. It might be telling if you're, you know, trying to forecast, um, a, you know, a quarter to a head. But many, many dealers that I know, you know, they're working on the quarter that they're in. They're working to make payroll month to month. And, you know, I think they're, the, the best bet is to you know, be in contact with your builders, with your remodelers, with your customers. That's going to be your best bet for a forecast right now. Yeah, that's true. All right, Henry, as the the only current integrator on the call, when I check kind of your region, right now it has uh, this study has you predicted for a uh, uh, to maintain a two percent growth or a one percent growth, which is consistent or or essentially one percent lower than the normal expected growth. Does this, does this data help you at all? Does new home start help you at all? That, that's kind of been the one pushback that I've always had on how much credence our channel seems to give new home starts and, and renovation things because 
I know in my business, the majority of my clients, they're going to go ahead with some form of renovation, no matter what the market does. They just, if they've decided they're going to do it, they're going to do it. Is that how you perceive this affecting the majority of integrators? I always, I always look at things like this and, and I, when I read this article, I was having, actually having a pretty good day and then I clicked on our region and I felt nauseous, but candidly, uh, I, I feel like we might, it might even be worse than that. I mean, 2% is not much of a, a, it's sort of like saying I need to lose five pounds. I mean, it, that's not much of a needle move, right? I mean, that it, it, but I will say my gut tells me that we're going to be way off on anything where, where customers are making decisions based on how they're feeling meaning how secure they're feeling. Somebody the other day when we were talking said, Maslow's hierarchy is very real in, in terms of people looking for food, clothing, shelter, and then sort of moving about the cabin. So if, if we have people still at rung one or rung two on Maslow's hierarchy, and, and those people would normally feather the nest or be in transition moving, building or remodeling, then they're going to pull their chips off the table. So I saw it. I, I think it's going to be worse than the, the little graph shows. I can already see, I mean, our, our revenue, we're ahead, ahead of plan for the year right now, but only because we had a killer Q1 and it started to taper off towards the end of Q1 uh, with, with, I guess, uh, the month of say January, February, March. So the end of March, right? So that it starts to fall. And then April, we missed goal a by a little bit, not by much. I mean, I'm actually surprised, knock on wood, how well we are doing for, for the times that we're in. But I feel like once Q2 earnings come out and we get the real bottom out of this thing, um, I'll, take, I'll take a 2%, negative 2% or negative 5% any any day of the week so i feel like the the numbers are sandbags and um but i feel like they're well well intended because if you survey like i think about where these come from you ask people where their businesses are going to be and those of us on this call when we think about people asking how are things going to be you want to be optimistic so you're going to say like hey how many times a week do you floss every day twice a day right so i think i don't know what the Right. I don't know what the percent margin of error is, but, um, but uh, yeah, anyway, but my gut tells me it's going to be off, more off than the, the study said, but I, I, I like, I like that it's out there. I like that we're looking at it and talking about it. Very good. Uh, the, the one thing that I do find very interesting, which I agree with you on is when you, when you click to New York as Jeremy, Jeremy uh, alluded to, it's saying that it, it's just going to stay at 0% increase, that it's not going to increase, but it's not going to decrease, which I find really comical because they're going to decrease their, their renovation rate because they have been shut down to the extent that they have. It's going to decrease. 
So that will be very interesting to watch. Uh, gentlemen, let's move on to our next story. This comes to us from Residential Tech Today and Jay Basin. It is your guide to indoor air quality and indoor air purifiers. You're probably sitting at home uh, watching this or listening to this saying, why are you talking about air purifiers? Well, I'm glad you asked. Essentially, th this is another piece to that wellness conversation that has been getting so much traction uh, in the news these last uh, couple of months, year maybe. Um, Ken, I wanted to start with you on this one. When you look through this, it, it's a good wrap up of a bunch of uh, essentially standalone air purifiers and, and things such as that, that you know, a lot of people are very concerned about these days as far as can they get something in their house to help purify that air uh, due to obviously the worldwide pandemic and all that fun stuff going on. But is this something that the average integrator should even consider dipping their toe into, whether it's from just a sales side or a knowledge-based side? I know some of these have, uh, you know, some level of smart quote unquote in them uh, that that kind of makes them a fit for our channel but is this one of those things that you know it's there and it's kind of techie so we're kind of trying to jump on board well i think if you're smart you've got to take a look at at it right now just because of where we are today i mean you asked me this six months ago i'd probably say something very different but i mean i've got i'm looking at the industry right now and you know, conventional products that I'm used to selling, um, I, I don't even know where they're going to go after this because I've got, I've got customers now who are interested in a completely different kind of product. Maybe it's air purifiers. Uh, it's thermal infrared cameras so they can, you know, scan people, monitor for uh, temperature increases or something. I mean, depending on where you live, if you're in a house or if you're in, let's say, a high-rise office building, um, yeah, I think, I think whether it's purifiers or something else, this technology to monitor your environment now, more than just audio, video, data signals moving around, it's these biometrics kind of, you know, um, products to clean the space that you're in, to make sure that it's a safe environment, to make sure people come in to visit you. I mean, you think about it, you know, we think about um, a residential home as a single family residence because a lot of the business is that. But what about somebody in a high-rise building too? Um, and you've got uh, an ele one elevator and you've got to get people up and down that elevator and maybe you don't want more than two people in an elevator at one time. And you've got, you know, a thousand people that live in that building and they've got to go up and in and out of that building twice a day. Um, you know, maybe you need air purifiers in the elevators too. I don't know. I've just, um, you know, just... Um, thinking out loud here, but it's, it seems to me that um, if you want to survive now, if you want to see where this is going, if you want to uh, have your customer's best interest uh, in mind so that you can be successful, you've got to look at this and you've got to look at uh, other things that are out there too, because the traditional business where you've been focused on is, is going to be different when we come out of this. Yeah, very true. Henry, you, you just heard what Ken said and I, I I'm, I'm kind of of two minds on this one, but I want to get your thought on this. Do we have any business? I, I, I'm having a hard enough time, you know, thinking about the majority of integrators that are quote unquote trying to get into, you know, circadian 
lighting and, and lighting design. And I sat on a webinar uh, last week about, you know, selling fixtures, which we've done for years, but everyone else on the call had not. I have a hard enough time with that conversation for the majority of integrators. Now we're talking indoor air quality, air purification, uh, modifying system components of HVAC. Do we have any business playing in this space? I feel like at the end of the day, we're, we're in the relationship business and we're in the people business. And I've got good friends who do hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in fixture business, lighting fixture business, uh, who are their integrators. Why? Well, they happen to have somebody on their staff who's amazing at that sort of thing. So I'd say if, as, as we think about our strengths as an integrator, we're going to, we're going to cater to, those strengths and, and we're going to try to design and install and service systems, which are in our comfort zone. Uh, I feel like the whole biophilia wellness piece is, is a good category. I really like that Julie really brought it. She's brought it to the forefront, right? For our industry. And, and I, I think about it in terms of the five senses, right? So sight, touch, um, and there's, three more that I, I don't know, I can't, I can't, uh, think, you know, hearing, etc. I mean, but we deal with those senses all day long. So we, we design cool video systems for, you know, we, we design cool sound systems. Uh, and so when we get into things like air quality and needing to feel closer to nature, I, I feel like we're sort of closing the gap on the senses, but, but I would, I'm not going to get into air quality in my shop because I don't know anything about it. Uh, but if, if I did, if I had somebody on staff who wanted to become a champion for that sort of thing, for example, our, our director of builder relations just became our lighting champion. So he's going through David Warfel's lighting university and becoming certified in Ketra and all kinds of crazy things. He wants to champion that in our organization. And I say, party on man, have fun storming the castle. And I'm going to be as supportive as I can. So, but, um, but, but at the end of the day, am I going to get, uh, am I going to push our team to learn about a one-off component of biophilia, like air quality as a standalone? Uh, no, I'm going to think about it as a, as, as, as a whole thing. So biophilia, for example, and it's interesting, there's companies out there like Delos and some of these others where, that's how they're kind of approaching it. So the old adage of first pick, first pick who, then pick what, I think is, is alive and well here. Meaning I feel like as an industry, we're only as good, not only as the shiny object, but as the people that know about the shiny objects. And so um, this one feels like a solid partnership opportunity. So if I, if I knew somebody out there who was a value-added reseller and offered sort of holistic you know, energy audit and uh, some kind of audit turnkey deal that I could pair and bolt on to my, my shop or our offering. Sure. But I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to be a uh, everything to everyone. So, uh, but, but I, I, anecdotally, I do see integrators out there who are championing or getting after uh, pieces of business that, that they weren't, uh, you know, to Ken's point a few years ago, 
And so I think soon enough we'll start to see more of that, but it'll be as an add-on. It won't be as a standalone. Nobody's going to lead with, with that necessarily. Air purifiers, get them today while they're hot. Act, act now. <laughs> I can see the marketing already. Jeremy, something that I've struggled with, with the expansive reach of, you know, a, a lot of integrators is at what point do we kind of hit the, almost the same as a designer where we want to touch everything. We want to, we want to help the electrician do their lighting better. We can help HVAC do this better. We can help water do that. We're going to help you pick your flooring because this is, you know, got a sensor in it and it does that. At, at what point do we just get to the point where we make it hard for people to work with us because we want to be involved in so much? Or is it the flip that we're knowledgeable about so much so we have the opportunity to do that? I was just looking for an author of a book called The Trusted Advisor. And it was one of these business books that we were given at a CDA conference or um, another management kind of event. And the whole idea was that our industry, you know, could play that role for their, their high net worth clients or even middle market clients. And you'd be the person that anything that touches on technology, you have some sort of knowledge of and could provide those resources for your client. And if, if that means that you do find another person who's a professional in that category to bring them in, then, then that's what it is. And I mean, it's as simple as the integrator I worked with on, on my home uh, automation systems. They did not do the HVAC portion of it. They didn't put the thermostat in. They have an HVAC contractor that they trust to bring in for that. What seems simple to me, I mean, I thought I could swap out, you know, the, the uh, thermostat basically and uh, put in the smart one. But they say, this is not our wheelhouse. We, we can do all the AV, but we don't feel comfortable in this space. And there are challenges with different systems that, you know, can, can kind of screw up the whole thing. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. I was like, well, oh, you guys aren't acting like you know everything about everything, but you do bring it all together and integrate it. And I think that, you know, maybe it's not a purific air purification um, standalone piece like some of these that he's talking about in the article, but it could connect into the HVAC system itself. That's one of the pieces he was talking about. And if you have a wealthy client who just wants you to sort it out, um, then if you can do the research you know, and find out where to guide them, then you're the trusted advisor that they will call for all of that kind of stuff. And you, know, you, you have to be willing to, to do the digging, I guess, and to, to, to help them find the answers. But that, that's a, an opportunity, I think, for someone to, to really become the call that they always make. And hopefully you don't get calls like for the annoying things like the cable provider and that type of thing that goes well beyond your control. But it, it's probably going to happen as well. That's just part of the yeah. deal, I guess, with this industry. Yeah, very much so. All right, gentlemen, let's quickly move on to the last story of the day. This comes to us from TheVerge.com. AMC theaters will no longer play Universal movies after the Trolls World Tours on-demand success. Uh, there's kind of been a bit of a 
we'll call it a spat back and forth between uh, the CEO of AMC and NBC Universal CEO Jeff Schell. Uh, he's obviously bypassed traditional theaters because there's not a theater open in North America right now uh, to release Trolls World Tour uh, over their streaming platform. They've pulled in nearly uh, $100 million in revenue through digital sales as well as 5 million copies sold. So uh, to, to lock this down, essentially, uh, Shell stated that as soon as theaters reopen, they plan to release movies in both formats. So what that means, if you've missed it, is that, yes, they're going to open and, and release movies to the theater chains, but they're also going to maintain some level of streaming. He didn't necessarily get into what that would mean exactly, but AMC found those comments to be, and I quote, unacceptable. So, Henry, when, when you see this, one, I, I just find it comical watching these two partners bicker dramatically over something that is so far beyond either of their control. But because of the success that, you know, day of day streaming has had, and, you know, there's a big line in the sand from AMC, who is the largest uh, theater chain in the U.S., uh, and they've got properties in, in Europe and the Middle East as well. Is this something where you see movies continue to be released once this once this cleans up and the the studios and the theater chains will just have to work it out? I I feel like AMC is doing what what is in what what is in their best sort of national interest, right? I think if if all of us owned a, a bunch of real estate that was really expensive and it was oriented around this exclusive access to a product. It's sort of like if, if direct TV felt like they were going to lose access to Sunday ticket or vice versa, it's the same kind of thing. So in this case, there's a little bit of disruption going on as well. So um, I feel like AMC, it will eventually have to work it out uh, because the, the movie going experience is this social experience. And so we're used to as consumers, this sort of ubiquitous access to, to movies. And so we want to go to the Cineplex and experience a nice movie, but no, I think the studios will absolutely continue to release uh, the, the movies simultaneously. I mean, they may negotiate some kind of dumbed down, dumbed down day embargo, where maybe it was 90 days, now it's 30 days. But I can't, I don't, I, th I feel like the, the smoke's been let out of the box. And so the, it's, I, I, I feel like this, this will date me, but back, back when the, the tape formats came out, there was all of this hoopla about that movie theaters were going to die. And, the movie theaters are bigger and badder than ever. So I feel like it's on the movie theaters to continue innovating and produce. I mean, if you guys have been to these movie theaters lately, I mean, they're amazing. They're the, the seating is comfortable. You can have a beer. The, the video is amazing. The sound's amazing. But at the same time as well, I go home and I watch a movie in my own house and I, I it's, it's pretty mind blowing as well. So, I feel like it really turns up the volume for the, the theater chains to keep innovating and keep driving that experience. 
But no, I, I think the studios will continue simultaneously releasing content. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it, it, it's going to be some, some gnashing of teeth and, until we get to that point. Very good. Jeremy, is this, is this an opportunity for integrators to, to continue to push the, you know, Hey, you can, when we say you can have the theater experience at home, that you can really have the theater experience at home. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think it's, uh, it's definitely improving that opportunity for content at home. Um, and I, <laughs> it's kind of weird. It's like, you're going to get to a point where everyone's going to want to go out. We're just so sick of being at home. And as nice as our theaters might be at home, we want to get out and do have a, have an experience out in the world. But then there's going to be that lag time where we're not going to feel too safe about certain communal experiences yet. Like it's going to take me a while till I go out to a restaurant as much as I really want to go out to eat. Um, I think that theaters are pretty much in that same category where on a good day, they're not very clean, you know, as, as nice as, the experience can be from a seat standpoint, sound standpoint, um, beer drinking standpoint. The sticky floor is still a notorious, you know, movie theater experience. And you think, yeah, how about the virus part of it too? I know they're going to have to clean a lot more, but that, that just makes you a little concerned. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's cool that, that you'll be able to get these movies a lot quicker. And it's, it's been one of the few upsides of, being quarantined is being able to experience some of this content um, more directly. Um, you know, I'm not sure the universal lineup. I was looking ahead, what they've got slated is that exciting. So I'm, I think that this is a negotiating tactic, perhaps um, by AMC saying, "Yeah, we're not like missing out on a whole lot if we say we're gonna block them from being in the theaters because look at what they've got lined up." But I think it's going to be a negotiation from, from this. They're, they're going with, yeah, we'll sell it for this ridiculous amount of money. And then they, you know, back, well, we're not, we don't care about you. We don't need you. And then they find somewhere in the middle to meet. I, I think that's where this is going to go. Very good. All right, Ken, I'll give you the last word on this. We, we kind of, or, or the other two gentlemen think that this will be resolved. I think this will be resolved. Is this though kind of that that watershed moment where the way in which media continues to be distributed changes or when this wraps will this just go back to kind of the 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 normal that we're used to um well it's kind of hard to say i, I could see it going a little bit of both um the normal that we're used to yeah there's people that want to get out um like Jeremy said, you know, a little bit of cabin fever, you want to get out and do it. A movie theater is going to be the first place you run to and take your kids. You know, probably not. You're probably going to still continue to do the home experience. That's good for the integrator. Um, but I think um, as far as the big media goes, the theaters, I think, I think the change like AMC got to continue to innovate. You know, uh, like Henry said, I think it puts kind of the pressure on them to drive this a little bit. Um, I'm seeing more of these boutique kind of theaters pop up where you have a restaurant, you have the beer server comes down to your, to your uh, seat. You know, the experience has got to offer something more than just a comfortable chair and a sticky floor and a big screen with good sound um, to get people out. And if they can continue to make it exciting in that way, then maybe we'll see the same old, you know, that comfortable thing that we, what we want. 
if not, then it's going to drive me and everybody else to stay home because I got an awesome system here. It's going to be tough to pull me away if I can get the new stuff. Very much so. All right, gentlemen, uh, let's call it there. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Jeremy, if people want to connect with you, learn more about residential tech today, where can they do that? Um, please go to restechtoday.com to subscribe to the magazine and check out our online articles and um, find us on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you get a podcast for residential tech talks. We're trying hard to be half of what this great podcast is, but uh, it's a long way to go. Thanks to someone like Henry, who's been a guest already. I, I'm, I'm getting, getting my 10,000 hours in very slowly. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Mr. Eagle, thank you for joining us. If people want to connect with you learn more about Atlona, where can they do that? Absolutely. Uh, Atlona.com. Definitely check that out. We've got some really big stuff happening this year. Just announced, um, uh, uh, as we know, trade shows are getting shut down this year. So we'll have a virtual trade show that'll be happening online this summer. Definitely check that out. It's a good opportunity to learn all about Atlona. Beautiful. Thank you for joining us. And last but certainly not least, my good friend, Mr. Clifford, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Livewire or Parasol, where can they do that? Sure. We're on, we're online at getlivewire.com and all our Twitter and Facebook and all those sorts of things are at getlivewire and same thing with Parasol, uh, getparasol.com and same thing for all our social media handles, get at getparasol. And thank you again for, for having me. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun always uh thank you again for joining us if you'd like to connect with me you can find me on twitter at matt d scott and pretty much every other social platform but more importantly please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of our other shows with all the verticals that we cover when you visit the website please take a moment to check out our supporters we are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well thanks again for watching that's all the time we have for this episode of resi week Thank you.